Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Way, way back many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan. He's a fine example of a family man. If you're a man with many sons, or not a man with a fewer or greater number of sons, you might enjoy doing the thing you're doing right now, which is listening to The Gargle, a news-based satirical rag to press to your fevered brow in these troubled times. The Gargle is the satirical glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper of a very visual world. It is all the latest news without the politics. And I'm your host, Alice Fraser. Your guest editors for this week's edition of the podcast are movies and technology expert, if licking batteries counts as technology, Alison Spittle. Yes, it most definitely does. Have it on my CV now. I mean... I'll lick them again. I would have let you live it down, except you were literally late to this recording because you had to go and get more batteries, which I assume is for an afternoon snack. Yeah, I forgot you don't swallow them. And, like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I had to go down to the corner shop and get more. Uh, They're like palm bears to me now. And science and Australian culture expert, if managing to position yourself as the person all major figures in the Australian chattering classes feel comfortable and friendly enough with to relentlessly bully online counts as Australian culture, James Colley. Why won't they leave me alone? (laughs) It's a remarkable feat, James. I'm genuinely just the amount of trolling that you get from like very famous people. Sometimes I look at you and wish people liked me enough to treat me like shit. (laughs) (laughs) it is a lovely like you come through high school and you think the speed at which people are comfortable bullying you is going to be a disadvantage in your life but then it turns around (laughs) all of a sudden it's your biggest selling point (laughs) the front page of the magazine this week is a topless matt damon heavily photoshopped to look like he's growing and learning The problem with having a perennially open and friendly baby face is people find it difficult to really internalise the reality that you're a middle-aged multi-millionaire who has, like, five people in the world he can actually talk to. (laughs) You know, he got stuck in Ireland at the first lockdown and um, Ireland treated him like their new patron saint. Like, he he walked outside (laughs) of a plastic bag and people were like, he's a man of the people. He's an incredible down-to-earth man because he put his towel in a plastic bag when going to the beach. (laughs) That's worrying because from what I've read, if he's stuck on you, he's going to say some awful slurs. (laughs) (laughs) The satirical cartoon this week is Da Baby getting cancelled by Lollapalooza and anyone over the age of consent being cast into serious doubt about their literacy when they read that sentence. It's one of those stories that I haven't investigated because I find every headline just makes me feel old. I was worried because I'm a fan of Da Baby, but then I realised I'm actually a fan of Lil Baby and Da Baby can go. <laughs> this is too many babies. Muppet babies, they're all there. You know, we should just get them to differentiate themselves right now. Get the Muppet babies at Lollapalooza. I'm pretty sure they're not homophobic. <laughs> we can test them. We can find out. <laughs> Now, our uh, first section of the magazine, opening up the magazine, we have our corporate terrorism section. 
this is a, this is the story of an eBay terror campaign. Alison Spittle, uh, you've just bought some batteries. Can you tell us about this story? Well, I can tell you it wasn't off eBay. Um, so <laughs> eBay is a company that I haven't thought about in years, to be honest with you. And I didn't think that the, the next time I would hear about eBay is when they literally terrorized a couple. Like this, this story reads out like a like a film. I can imagine Russell Crowe just playing eBay itself, like as an entity, <laughs> uh, just terrorizing a couple. Let's say Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield will play the Steiners, even though they're in their mid sixties. But you know, it's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> and uh, these, these people are they're suing eBay because apparently back in the day, before the internet was a big thing, newsletters were a big thing, and th- this couple they got into um, going to different auctions and picking up stuff and and then they kind of got into ebay and what was so cute about it was they did an ebay newsletter that was physical and not on the internet before and then they eventually put it on the internet and uh, these are people who were like the original ebay people you know what i mean the people that sold roman coins uh (laughs) online or or a beanie what was it what were those babies they're not that baby it's like a beanie baby the beanie Beanie baby baby. beanie (laughs) baby the original the baby without the homophobic they're very ashamed of them at the moment but yeah they they you know it's not just people who sold beanie babies uh these were people that made money off ebay uh in the in the mid 2000s little bits of money but then kind of ebay got taken over by uh bigger shops and the the little guy got pushed out so there's been a bit of pushback from the steiner's uh website and the people that comment on the website there's a lot of news about ebay and they're not happy with the way ebay is going eBay have noticed this and have decided uh, terrorism was the right point of action uh, against these people who are bad-mouthing them. I swear, you do not go out with eBay. I can say now, if you ever re- pursued a romantic relationship with eBay, you only have yourself to blame at this point. Look at these. Look at what they've done. They've sent stuff like so. The t- the campaign of terror that was brought up brought upon them. They had pizzas delivered at four in the morning to their house. Uh, they would have reefs delivered to them. Um, also, a pig's like a pig's head, but with the flesh cut out. And taxidermists would call them and say, Are "You sure?" you want this stuffed animal and they're like no no it's a uh, it's our ex-boyfriend ebay who's been uh, constantly terrorizing us so it's very scary and even some members some people that worked for ebay have gone to jail for what they've done and now the signers are bringing a a, a lawsuit which i i really hope you know maybe this is their ultimate investment in ebay well, I mean, the, the, the dead pig's head gets me because traditionally, obviously, mm. the menacing head is the dead horse's head in the bed. Yes. But I guess when you order things online, you never know how they're going to show up. <laughs> yeah, I suppose like any dead head, like, you know, a person that's a fan of the Grateful Dead, if they were sent to your house and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing here, <laughs> that would be scary too. Uh, yeah, any, I think any dead thing of a head is, is you know, I'd describe it as a red flag, James. Would you, like, what would you like to get in a campaign of terror against you from eBay? Oh, well, I, it's a very hard choice. Like, that's that's part of the problem with eBay, though. Like, firstly, I don't understand why you go on this campaign of harassment after a negative review. Like, I do think it really understands it's a corporate entity <laughs> understanding the user experience. You get one negative review and you absolutely lose your mind about it. <laughs> but, like, you're eBay. You, you're literally eBay. I'm not coming to you for quality products. This is a website designed for men going through a divorce to buy an ill-advised guitar off a man a bit further down the line of a divorce who needs 
need the money for child support. That's eBay's <laughs> business model. It's a natural circle, yeah. <laughs> and that's what they were harassed with. So the list, a dead pig head, pornographic materials, delivery of live cockroaches, a book called Grief Diaries, The Loss of a Spouse, but... In eBay's defense, they were delivered promptly and in good condition, just like they were in the photo. <laughs> Carrying on with delivering things news in this corporate section, uh, this story where Amazon wants your palm print. Uh, James Colley, you have a palm. High five and tell us about this story. Well, Amazon wants to pay you $10 for your palm print. And if that doesn't send a chill down your spine in general, then at the very least, you need to value yourself more. Because without knowing a single thing about what Amazon wants to do with your palm print, at least let's love ourselves enough to push for $20. It's Amazon. It's the richest man ever. Just love yourself that extra step for me. Just to be clear, it is not $10. It is $10 in Amazon store credit. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was literally thinking, Alice, that's kind of a good deal. Like, uh, you know, a man once offered me £20 to have a foot selfie and I did consider it. So I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do with that after. I'm going to presume it's for, like, stamp collecting or something like that. You know? what? Maybe Amazon are palm fetishists. Jeff Bezos has been to space and now he's like, I need more. You know? <laughs> $10 in Amazon store credit, let us be very, very clear, is not enough to buy back your information. <laughs> yeah, and this real like if, if anyone was like, hey, um, can't tell you why I need your fingerprints, just trust me. Like I just I, it's too suspicious. I would trust them less if they offered me money. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were just like, out of the kindness of your heart, Alice? Yeah, if someone's like, hey, can I have your fingerprints for a thing? I'd be like, sure, fine. And if they were like, I'll give you $10, I'd be like, absolutely f***ing not. <laughs> 100%. And even if it's your part, even they're like, you know, I look, I want to do a palm reading. Can I, can I have your head mm. for a second? Like your lifeline is rapidly reducing if you agree <laughs> to that setup. <laughs> Yeah, they, they really are doing the palm readers out of business as well. Like, they're making it into a gig economy where it's like, you know, instead of crossing their palm with silver for them to read your palm, they have to give you a tenner in Amazon credit. Like, that's no good deal for palm readers at all at all. <laughs> so, apparently, the system here is supposed to be to pay for your item with your palm as well, which I imagine, like... When it's fully, imp firstly, I can do it with my phone, which is already in my palm. It's actually one step further to have to expose my palm to you. But <laughs> ah, you, like, James, <laughs> it feels so weird for someone on Zoom to say it just takes one step further for me to expose my palm to you. I feel like <laughs> I'm on Omegle or something like that. I'm like, get out your dick. Uh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm being turbined out of this. I will no I'm sorry. <laughs> I would cover my mouth in shock, but unfortunately that would expose my palm. <laughs> I'm a little dirt pig. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> I always bring it to that, but <laughs> I'm now going to stop making eye contact and let you continue talking. I feel I've overstepped the line. We're going to say I think it was the part where I said, let me see your dick, where I shout it. That's the line. And I went over it. But it's actually quite a fine tribute to Jeff Bezos's history. <laughs> Alice, that's all the time we have for our corporate section, because now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now, because if life is an adventure, someone has to sell the souvenir t-shirts and unsolicited Polaroids of your face in an unexpected moment. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by social media. Social media, the not real place that encourages you to go from sharing your condolences with the mother of a dead stranger to immediately retweeting an hilarious medieval wooden carving of a comical monk with his dick and balls out without noticing the chasm you've created in the fabric of human decency. Social media, get off on it today. Uh... This episode of the podcast is brought to you by fresh punctuation tips for the stylish. Grammar doesn't just aid clarity, it also denotes class. That's why there's such a thing as an Oxford comma. But what is your punctuation saying about you? Find out in Fresh Punctuation Tips for the Stylish. Available, comma, now. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now it's time for our flora and fauna section. Succulents are being poached and not in a delicious sauce. Alison Spittle, you have a home garden. Can you tell us about this story? Yes. So apparently in South Africa, poachers are now trafficking tiny succulent plants, which I think is so, so cute. And uh, like basically police have searched the desert trying to track down the poachers selling. Now, you'll have to help me with my pronunciation here, but confitums, I'm going to say it's called. Sure. Or comfortums. Comfortums sounds like a, a lovely new teddy bear, so let's call it comfortums. Sounds like a drug that makes you confident. Yeah, yeah. I think they do have that, don't they, in a plant? I think it's, I think it's illegal as well. Uh, um, it's threatening to wipe out rare plants in the wild. So basically, the police are trying to stop people from basically from picking up succulents that they find pretty because it will destroy uh, wildlife in other parts of the world, which is very, very cute. Yeah, I think this is uh, the most adorable kind of poaching and it, it makes me want to let them off the hook. It's not sort of killing an elephant and just taking the tusks. It feels much more benevolent than that, though obviously I understand yeah. that degrading the natural environment is probably way worse than killing an elephant because who needs an elephant? Um, yeah. yeah, when you compare stuff to killing an elephant, it isn't so bad. I'm going to think about that <laughs> next time I double par. Have I killed an elephant and stole this ivory, sir? No. Well, then I'm on these yellow lines. <laughs> Everything really is a matter of perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kicking against this. We are dealing with the world's laziest poachers here, you know. It is cowardly to shoot a rhino, but a rhino can move. A rhino has a horn. This is a plant, and it's not even a cool, dangerous plant like a flytrap or a triffid. No. It's... <laughs> yeah, you're right. If it's a triffid, it's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see big game hunters in Africa going after triffids. <laughs> I want to see a Trump son kneeling over the dead body of a triffid that they've had yeah. an attendant shoot for them. I want to see a, t- a dentist get cancelled for, for taking a picture that's all the time we have for our flora and fauna section now because now it's time for our reviews. Every week our guest editors bring in something to review out of five stars. 
James Colley, what have you brought us in today? This week I thought I would review having a moustache, which has been a new acquisition of mine and one I think it's particularly fun to announce in an audio format because as a listener, didn't it just change your opinion slightly? You didn't know that was coming. (laughs) That all those jokes were coming through a (laughs) moustache. You could hear the slight pop filter that was coming from over my lip. (laughs) Yeah, it's nature's pop filter. (laughs) It was actually also part of the motivation behind getting a moustache because I thought in these modern times, what is the most upsetting thing I could reveal while taking off a mask? (laughs) I feel like when when you take off a mask and reveal a moustache, like the pH level in the room changes. Like everything is just a little bit different there. (laughs) It's like a drag queen taking off her wig and then there's a smaller wig underneath and you're like, yes, queen. (laughs) In many ways, isn't a moustache really just the original mask you wore underneath your nose? (laughs) Exactly. It's why the Groucho Marx mask is the most famous mask. It is a mask that comes with a moustache attached. I thought the other reason I really liked it is that you can't be shy when you have a moustache or someone is calling the federal police, they're kicking down your door and they're searching your hard drive. You have to be forward, you have to be outgoing. It's a real putting an ultimatum on myself. We cannot be shy and and hiding anymore. You're out here or else. So I'd say so far, moustache, four stars. Do you know what I would like if I had the ability to wear a moustache? Is uh, the feeling of, you know, having a soup at 12 o'clock in a day, but then getting a gentle reminder of it at 4 p.m. in the afternoon when you need that afternoon kick and you have that, that sweet scent of soup coming in to your mouth. You know, it's a flavor saver. It's a little, you know, it's a little bento box for uh, food particles. Of course, with the Beyond Blue initiative uh, for men's depression, uh, it's always really nice to see someone who cares about male mental health all year round. <laughs> And it is actually a fun, um, particularly as it's very new to me, it's a fun surprise any time I go to the bathroom and look at the mirror. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay, that's still on my head. (laughs) Highly recommend four stars. Alison Spittle, what have you got to review? I've reviewed cat sitting, uh, Alice. I've reviewed cat sitting for friends. I'm a person that was never, I think I've probably said this in a podcast before, not into cats generally, uh, but I've been cat sitting for about four days. Uh, I've gained their trust yesterday and by God, it felt earned. Before I didn't give a shit about cats. I thought they were aloof. I thought they were emotionally cold. But now I realise that I just wasn't putting enough effort into getting to know the cats. And now and now I feel incredible. I'm giving it three and a half. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the week goes on. But at the moment, loving it. I feel like three and a half stars is an appropriate level of ambivalence for a cat. Like if you gave, a, if you gave cats five stars, they wouldn't respect you for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm Diane Keaton three quarters of the way into baby boom. Like, you know, I'm seeing the advantages. I'm softening a bit. There's going to be a montage of me and the cats uh, working together uh, to fix something within the house. And then I'll get that man in the end. And uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my plan. So the, the cats are good. They've all got different personalities as well. One is like a, a really, really scratchy, but confident. And uh, another one is old. I would describe that as a personality trait. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he looks the wisest as well. He's just, he just constantly looks like he's sneering. But uh, yeah, three and a half stars. We'll keep this short. It's no, it's no licking batteries. Oh, I bought batteries. I was going to review going to a corner shop. But uh, I feel the cats deserve uh, the actual review. Corner shop, two and a half stars. 
<laughs> I feel like you've just been accepted into the like clique of jerks in high school. Like you're like, okay, so they at first they were all aloof, and if you go individually, they're all kind of awful. But now that they like me, I've found out they're actually great. <laughs> That's genuinely it. That's it. Genuinely feels like I've made friends with celebrities. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just happy to be around them. I want to get into the corner of their selfies or whatever. Just go. I'm here. I'm accepted. Uh, it will go terribly wrong, you know. I will make a mistake, and they will chew on my face and kill me. Uh, but at the moment, I'm loving life. I feel too few Tinder bios are honest enough about the fact that the thing that they're attracted to is people who like them. Yeah. <laughs> it feels needy. It's one of my favourite facts in someone's personality that they like me is one of my favourite <laughs> things about them. Yeah, it's my number one thing. They have to, you know, if they dislike me, no bueno. Do you know? <laughs> I can't. This is why I got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for our reviews section, of course, because now it's time for our cryptocurrency section. My favourite of all sections of all time. This is the story of a libertarian Bitcoin economy in a small New Hampshire town. Uh, James Colley, you've got a moustache. Can you explain this story? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, so some of the biggest names in crypto have been arrested and not for the crime of boring the absolute life out of me. Uh, So you might be wondering what the actual crime is. Uh, Apparently seems to be laundering millions of dollars through crypto so it can be used for illegal activity. And I agree it's outrageous that such activities should be happening outside of a major international bank. (laughs) This group has set up a libertarian paradise, or as it's known to anyone who isn't a billionaire already, hell. Because you never hear about the workers setting up a libertarian paradise, do you? You never hear, like, a group of people at Amazon being like, we've banded together to demand fewer rights and take away that social safety net. We want to feel the blood rushing every hour of this 17-hour shift. Yeah, yeah, I'm the maintenance guy in a libertarian paradise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the man who decided he wanted to shit on a statue because he can do whatever the f*** he wants. As soon as I can afford clean water, this is going to be an amazing society. <laughs> the reason they set up this town is uh, it seems to be like distinct, like almost activism. They, they genuinely believe... Uh, Bitcoin is the next step towards human liberation. And since the energy used to mine Bitcoin is about the same as the nation of Finland, which is somewhat of an intractable problem of Bitcoin, they will be liberating us from pesky things like drinkable water and habitable or arable lands. Because (laughs) Mad Max was really the main libertarian paradise of our time. (laughs) I just keep having images of a man trying to shit on a statue now. And I'm like, what type of statue is it? It's a, and how did he perch up there? I can understand a pigeon, but if a man has that sense of balance that he can do that on top of it like a statue, I think he deserves to shit on that statue. If it's um, a libertarian paradise, I'm going to assume it is a statue of an anime girl. <laughs> Been spending most my life living in a libertarian paradise. This is the new. That's their. That's their uh, national anthem. Uh. <laughs> I'll show you the fountainhead. He says as he unzips his pants. <laughs> That sounds like a thing out of the book, the Dancy Lagarde. Dancy Lagarde. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're quoting Dancy Lagarde now. It's good. I am. In other economy news, a man has built a bird feeder that accepts bottle caps as payment for food, uh, and the birds are making great use of it in their own little 
libertarian paradise. Alison Spittle, you have a pigeon nemesis. Uh, can tell us about I this do. story. <laughs> I do, I do, many of them. And uh, I'll, go, I'll get you the pigeons, but let's get to this story first. So a man <laughs> has built a bird feeder, right, that accepts bottle caps as payment for food. And the birds have figured it out. Like, the, I, I've been saying it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, birds are cleverer than we let on and ultimately evil. And uh, I'm afraid about what our new magpie overlords will do. But they've, understand about, they've started to understand about currency. And uh, this man, Hans Forsberg, works with industrial applications of artificial intelligence. And the idea of the bottle cap feeder occurred to him when he noticed a pair of magpies that just decided to reside in his backyard. And he often tried, catches them trying to pick a lock on his outdoor lanterns. So he gave him a proper challenge. He was like, I need to bring commerce into these wild birds' lives. And uh, yeah, they, they figured out... Um, how to, to get food out by exchanging it it's a, uh, for bottle caps. So the bottle cap bird feeder uh, relies on a mechanical design. And uh, yeah, he's come up. It's, 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 it's a very, he's a very, very clever man. And uh, a clever man with a lot of time on his hands, I would say. But I'm happy he's done this. I'm, I love <laughs> it. I'm thrilled with it because I've always thought birds should get a bloody job. Like, <laughs> why, why should they should have to suffer like the rest of us? I'm sick of birds strutting about in the street while I'm breaking my back doing twelve-hour shifts in the comedy mine. You know, this is for <laughs> this is for the janitor in our libertarian paradise. Why should the birds get to shit on statues for free while he's breaking his back? <laughs> yeah, someone did break their back trying to shit on a statue. That was a terrible incident. <laughs> to be fair, so much of scientists who work with animals is very smart people trying to outwit really dumb things and failing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've missed the lead on this story, which is that uh, the idea for this bottle cap um, situation occurred to him when he found the magpies continually trying to pick a lock on his outdoor lanterns in order to steal the candles inside. This is Prometheus stealing flames for the gods. Why he has not nailed up one of these birds to a rock to have its liver eaten out by presumably another kind of bird <laughs> escapes me. He's actually I'm, doing I'm, the birds a favour there because if birds find out how delicious it is when you cook birds, that's the end of birds. Yeah, that's such What do you think that's the only thing keeping them down is that we haven't we haven't taught them the wonders of a rotisserie chicken. Oh yeah, I think they yeah. presume KFC is made of cow. <laughs> Although to be honest, if if there was meat made of human and people were eating it around me. I wouldn't want to know either. Do you know no. what I mean? And it's funny you should say that because I've burnt myself before and I think I'm delicious. I smell really <laughs> good. <laughs> Is that what you tell people? Is it like a chat applied? Like, I think I am delicious. I reckon <laughs> I would be. If you uncovered the mystery behind Soylent Green, you'd keep it to yourself, Spittle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some of these secrets to keep to yourself. I mean, this man has already said too much about the magpies. Like, this, this man is like... I, I can only see bad things happening in the future when we have a war against the magpies. Because magpies are cleverer than pigeons, and people may know that I've had issues with pigeons in the past. Like, there's uh, four nests on my, in my uh, balcony now at this stage it has been fully they've fully taken it and and created families <laughs> on it 
and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't have the, you know, I threw water at one and I felt guilty and I just can't. They, they knew it. They knew I didn't have it in me to actually cause them pain. I understand uh, your suffering, Alison. I grew up in a Buddhist household on the waterfront of yeah. Sydney Harbour. And, uh, Why can't I just murder a sentient being, Alice? Like, I feel it would help me a lot in life. There is nothing more arrogant than a cockroach that knows you're not going to kill it. <laughs> just yes. have to say, that thing has a f***ing attitude. I've never felt more cooked by an animal in my life. Like, it literally, it felt like the animal was cooked. Chad, do you know what I mean? And I, like, I, feel, I feel like it'd be on Reddit boards about, you know, the virgin Alison Spittle and the Chad pigeon who just goes around muscly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, all pigeons have a Chad attitude, but this this bird feeder man has missed a trick here because he's just trained all of the neighbourhood birds to bring him bottle caps when he could have been training them to bring him heirloom jewellery. Or maybe maybe there's a competition in his state or something. Like if you get so many bottle caps, you might win a beanie baby. Like this man is investing. Or he's collecting yeah. cool facts from the underside of the bottle cap and soon he'll be the most knowledgeable man on earth. <laughs> Imagine if that's how you got educated. I got educated at the school of Snapple, baby. <laughs> What's two plus two? I'm still waiting for that cap, but it's coming. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for that section because now it is or isn't time for our quantum pullout section. Uh, James, in your role as science correspondent, uh, can you explain how Google's quantum computer has now built what is called a time crystal. Yeah, of course. So we know one of the big problems with the modern technological world is that computers have granted us floods of information. It can be incredibly divisive. It can lead to hate, violence, radicalization, all of these things, which leads us to the obvious question. What if we made those computers faster? That's where <laughs> quantum computing comes in. So the basic principle of quantum computing is, as we know, uh, computers at its core is a collection of ones and zeros. So what if each was one and zero at the same time? Now, the downside of this, of course, is if you look up a cat video, the cat will probably die. But now, <laughs> Google has built what is called a time crystal, which, yes, sounds like something the Avengers have to destroy before it can rip apart the fabric of our universe. But this means you don't have to use energy to change the number from one to a zero or vice versa which breaks the second law of thermodynamics and as we all know breaking laws is cool therefore this is cool now <laughs> this would also <laughs> signify an, the creation of a new state of matter and perhaps even more troubling it would mean the physics degree i got a decade ago is even more useless than it currently is and i work as a comedy writer full-time so it was already not being used <laughs> I don't understand half of what you said, James, but I was very scared. You know, as soon as I heard like <laughs> energy and matter and crystals, I was like, blank out and just ask about, am I going to die? It's actually really <laughs> nice that like uh, science is getting to the real crystal phase because it means that people can now have new age conversations and science conversations at the same time and almost understand each other. <laughs> The crystal face as well. That that sounds like a lovely game show. <laughs> yeah, or or a sentence that is cited in divorce papers. <laughs> yes. That's a better one. I like that one. <laughs> she was going through her blue period, he was going through his crystal phase. Just was never gonna work out. <laughs> 
like a crystal phase is what people use to kind of like i feel that like a lot of women get into crystals when like a terrible thing has happened to them and it's like a woman's version of a ferrari you know that type of way where they're like i'm gonna sort out my life with crystals I know guys who fix their lives by getting into crystals and they have 20 of the best awake hours of their lives followed by 40 of the saddest asleep hours of their lives. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our quantum pull-out section. Let's, uh, let's flip that back or to closed or open or both at the same time without creating or reducing energy. Now it's time for our plague news section. This is a story of chipmunks in areas of South Tahoe, which have been uh, now closed down because of the chipmunks having the plague. Presumably they'll now be doing anti-lockdown chipmunk demonstrations and we'll have to watch a f***ing cop mace a cute alt-right chipmunk. I'm not sure what that's <laughs> going to do to my psychology. Uh, Alison Spittle, you like cute creatures. Have you been following this plague tale? Yeah, this is this is not your average Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakquel tale. This is like uh, <laughs> starring David Cross. Do you remember that? So uh, officials are closed in some areas in the south shore of Lake Tahoe after some chipmunks tested positive for plague, like plague. Number one, how did they test these chipmunks? Like, do you have a swab small enough? Like, what was the the testing for him. According to El Dorado County Public Health, plague is naturally present in some areas of California. Like uh, like grapes or something like that. Like, it's it's crazy. People hiking and doing other outdoor activities should avoid contact with animals uh, with the plague. And they should do the same for their pets. So it's good that they're getting that information. Plague, I didn't know that, like, plague was an actual disease. Like, I thought it was, like, a category of disease. But it's an infectious bacterial disease that tends to be spread by chipmunks, other wild rodents, and their fleas. And for humans, symptoms can show up within two weeks of exposure. And they include fever, nausea, weakness, and swollen nymph lymph nodes, which, you know, you don't want to have. Then it ends the whole article going... If caught early, it can be treated with antibiotics, which is uh, they're they're hiding the happy the happiness the happy end story there, at the end. But uh, yeah, you hear plague, I'm like, oh, that sounds scary. But then I hear antibiotics, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's fine, you know. Which is the great thing about current sort of anti-vax uh, discussion is that people say, well, it's it's not the plague, and you're like, well, the plague is actually really easily cured right now. <laughs> so, so your chances of dying from the plague are actually way less. And your chances yeah. of dying from COVID right yeah. now. I've exposed myself to antibiotics for a holiday romance. Like, you know, this is nothing, <laughs> you know? And Michael was worth it. It's cool. So, <laughs> yeah, get touching some chipmunks. I'm fine with if, 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 if you solve it with antibiotics. I actually found this depressing because at least with our current plague, like if it did come from pangolins... At least the pangolin has the decency to look like shy and apologetic at all times about unleashing a plague. Whereas chipmunks have big puffy cheeks and they just look like they have the good sense to hold their breath while the rest of us succumb to an airborne disease. <laughs> and you can't be mad at a chipmunk. I mean, yeah. you know, David Cross tried it in Chipmunks to Squeakle when they crashed his car. And still, you know, he was like, I love you guys at the end. So it's beautiful. <laughs> I also did love what you mentioned about um, hikers being advised not to approach wild animals because they might have the plague. 
that should be about fourth on the list of why you shouldn't approach a wild animal if you're on a hike. <laughs> Perhaps because it's a wild animal and you don't live in a Disney film, it's not your friend. <laughs> I would love to watch that Disney film, though. Like Snow White and the Seven Plagues. And it would just be her exposing her house to, to lots of different plagues. Beautiful. Sleepy. Sneezy. Uh, what else do you get with Boils. COVID? Non-tasty. Doc. Bubos. Bubos. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today's edition of the magazine. Now it's time for our classifieds and ads at the end of the episode. Uh, having recently purged yourselves of stress via a cleanse, a retreat, a spa, massage, yoga, some bellinis, a mindfulness course, a series of daily affirmations and a comfortable bank balance provided by your parents, you might be forgiven for thinking, I'm rich, I'm beautiful, I'm pampered, but I'm still tense. Why? Try heading to the Bugle podcast website and buying our merch. It's possible that money <laughs> is the root of your problems and getting rid of some of it might help. If you don't have money, just drink half a glass of water and enjoy yourself thinking that it's our merch. Unlicensed merch. <laughs> That's so lovely that you've made water into merch. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I will be the king of, of water in, in the Mad Max post universe. This is me just getting a just getting an early in in the water in the water wars. You're getting brand recognition. It's called the gargle for a reason. <laughs> it is actually. James Colley, have you got anything to plug? When I'm on here, I always love to plug a quantum of science, which is an Instagram page that I only ever talk about on the gargle, and it is a collection of what I feel in the silliest science headlines that I come across. So check that out, please. It's all part of our process of grooming you to become part of the Bugle stable with your own little science podcast. Alison Spittle, what have you got to plug? I've got an Irish tour coming up in October. I'm going to Scotland and Wales in October. If you go to my website, alisonspittle.com, you will find that it hasn't been updated in years. But maybe this will make me updated now today. If I've told you that there is going to be information on the gigs I'm doing, maybe finally I'll put it up there. I've done this on three other podcasts and it hasn't pushed me on, but I feel like the (laughs) gargle deserves it. So... (laughs) We're very motivating. So, yeah, that's about it. I'm at alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Follow me there, even if you don't usually go on those websites, because those numbers count, even though they probably shouldn't. Uh, People pay attention to that shit. Also, (laughs) patreon.com slash Alice Fraser for one-stop shop for all of my blogs, specials, uh, stand-up stuff, upcoming gigs, and my weekly Tea with Alice salons and writers meetings. So that's uh, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.